When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Death and Rebirth of Rick and Morty. Welcome back to Nerdist News, I'm Dan Casey, and today we're breaking down the latest episode of Rick and Morty. Season 7 is nearly at an end, and it looks like they're going out with a bang. Rick and Morty's penultimate episode, Mort Ragnarok, is an exploration of faith, religion, morality, ego, and cryptids. It's a story of death and rebirth that uses Norse mythology as a way in to explore the human condition, and gives us a way to overthink the show's journey as a whole. We're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil what happens. So, if you haven't seen the episode yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, well, leave now before it's too late. Stop making this so hard for us! Come on! Why can't you go back where you came from? Ow! Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Mort Ragnarok is an absolute banger from start to finish. It tackles some heady concepts to tell a story about what it means to be human. Although the episode title is an obvious homage to Thor Ragnarok, this is much more concerned with riffing on religion, the afterlife and cycles of reincarnation, than finding safe passage through the anus. Anus? Wait, 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 who's anus? Rick and Morty's penultimate episode proves that heaven is real. Well, sort of. Morty, there's kind of a heaven. Kind of. I mean, there definitely is for a neurotypical like your father. All conceptions of the afterlife appear to exist as pocket dimensions. Pockets. Or planes of existence that are accessible for those who meet the religious prerequisites. If you want to get into heaven, can't you just stop being an ass? And therein lies the problem. Rick is too much of a dick to get into heaven, or at least most conceptions of heaven. You know, in case that wasn't abundantly clear by making Jerry reenact flatliners to the point that his grandparents don't even want to greet him at the pearly gates anymore. Honestly, Jerry, this is getting annoying. Rick begins the episode by thumbing his nose at people who place their faith in a higher power. He sees their version of paradise as not a reward for a lifetime of living in accordance with a moral code, but boundless resources just waiting to be exploited. Mort Ragnarok puts Rick's callous exploitation of basically everybody around him under the microscope. The only thing that Rick seems to place his faith in is his worldview of seeing other people as less than him, and his dismissal of 99% of people as being too stupid to treat with dignity. But wait, it gets bleaker, at least on paper. Much like Rising of the Shield hero, the Pope inexplicably winds up being the real villain. Sorry if I spoiled that for you, but that anime is like four years old and... Let's be real, I'm doing you a favor, it sucks. For much of the episode, Rick is actually just as, if not even more villainous than the Pope, a real sentence I just said. Because Rick and Morty's isekai journey is motivated by something much more selfish. He wants to frack the afterlife so he can harvest an unlimited source of renewable energy. Eventually, Rick settles on the one afterlife that he can finagle his way into despite his atheistic consciousness, Valhalla, the Norse version of the afterlife for those who die in battle. We fight, we die, we feast, and then we fight again! <laughs> Fittingly enough, the road to Valhalla is paved with blood, violence, and prophecy. Specifically, a prophecy from the precog working for the government and Air Force Wong earlier this season. That wretched little creature drew a grim vision of the future, Rick being murdered by Bigfoot. Wow, that's great, buddy. It's going right on the fridge. 
So was this actually destined to happen, or did Rick keep this potential death in mind when he hatched his plans to torture Bigfoot by keeping him in a pokeball and treating him like blurry garbage? It's tempting to ascribe this to fate, but Rick's deep well of cynicism for all things spiritual has us thinking that he planned for this as well. Okay, most of this. Morty, Bigfoot is a B story. The A story is he kills me and you hit the button. Got it? And his plan works. Sort of. Much like Paul Atreides, Rick weaponizes knowledge of religious traditions to bend the Vikings to his will. What he can't account for is Morty's empathy and Bigfoot's cleverness back in the land of the living. Unlike with Bird Person, this time the Phoenix Protocol plan goes up in smoke. <laughs> The apotheosis of Rick Sanchez, though, is short-lived, as Rick's attempts to frack Valhalla for its sweet, sweet Viking energy blow up in his face. Or more accurately, it blows up in his face, it beats him to death, it dismembers him, and even kills him in an homage to Pierce's pillow armor from Community. Because such is the power of a spiritual leader with limitless resources. Infinite energy and the Pope uses it to levitate like Chris Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Through Rick's endless cycles of death and rebirth, the titular Ragnarok, he must challenge not only his assumptions about religious traditions and faith, but also the callousness with which he treats so many people around him. Because Rick takes it on faith that they are stupider than him and therefore not worthy of dignity or respect. Morty, any big idiot can pretend to believe in the afterlife. That's why we're dealing with these f***ing guys. They're just Norwegian Bigfoots. It's part of a larger ongoing storyline where Rick's deep well of narcissism winds up hurting him and the people he cares about. It's a theme the show has repeatedly returned to all season long, as we see Rick take one step forward and two steps back on his journey to becoming a better person. And sure, sometimes he'll try to take a shortcut and replace himself with a 22% nicer robot Rick. What the f***? But Rick is learning. And until he's able to recognize that and move beyond his ego-driven self-destructive behavior, he's just going to keep perpetuating the cycle. What is this, Judgment Hollow? I don't know until I ask. In this episode, he's able to transcend by accepting his mistakes and trying to make amends with the people he's harmed. Rick's treatment of Bigfoot, the Vikings, and Morty prompts us to ask, who's a bigger monster, Bigfoot or Rick? Trick question, it's the Pope. But for most of the episode, the answer actually is Rick, even when he tries to turn things around on old Bigfoot. I only used you to kill myself. How many people have you killed for the Pope? Oh. Technically, Rick only used Bigfoot to kill himself, but Rick also has a bigger body count than most people on the show. And I don't mean that in the sense of like a TikTok man on the street interview, but that's probably true as well. You can have both. It's also fitting that Rick winds up relying on Bigfoot and the rest of the Universal monsters, like Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, the Wolfman, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oftentimes, in the lore of these monsters, like Dracula or the Wolfman or Frankenstein, there's a recurring theme of a transformation in which the creature is stripped of their soul, their mortality, or humanity. That's what makes them universally frightening figures throughout history. I guess that's why they called them the Universal Monsters. Holy sh! In a way, this parallel fits Rick's arc in Mort Ragnarok. In the same way that Rick helps give Bigfoot humanity throughout the episode, Rick reclaims some of his lost humanity in the process of the adventure. Except for when he definitely leaves the Universal Monsters to die, which... 
Just don't pay attention to that part. He's a good person, I swear. That wasn't him leaving, right? No way. That would be cold-blooded. So once again, it's only through sacrificing his selfish aims and working towards that collective good that Rick can finally escape his fate. So the question is, at the end of the episode, is Rick reborn? Legally, yes. Spiritually, probably not. But he is changed in a small way. And this series has seen Rick growing in small ways over the course of time. While Rick may not believe in any religious doctrine and scoff at the idea of an afterlife as a place that one can ascend to through deeds and actions, he does seem to have a deep well of faith. That faith is placed primarily in himself, but also in the idea that there is a rational explanation for everything around him, even things as weird as using Valhalla as a power plant. And this calls to mind a quote from Alan Watts, the English writer. In his 1951 book, The Wisdom of Insecurity, Watts wrote, The believer will open his mind to the truth on the condition that it fits in with his preconceived ideas and wishes. Faith, on the other hand, is an unreserved opening of the mind to the truth, whatever it may turn out to be. Faith has no preconceptions. It's a plunge into the unknown. Belief clings, but faith lets go. In this sense of the word, faith is the essential virtue of science, and likewise of any religion that is not self-deception. Rick, a man of science, must necessarily have faith in the laws of nature, even when he bends them to his will. And it's through this framework that he's able to let go and open his mind to the truth, that predators use antique weaponry as money. I'm starting to think it's like their currency. Wait, no, I meant that Rick opens himself up to the idea that his preconceived notions about people can be wrong and should be challenged. I know, I know. I'm clearly stupid at knowing when other people are smart. Now, moving beyond character analysis, the theme of death and rebirth seems applicable from a meta angle. As the show enters its seventh season and its tenth year of existence, some segments of the fandom lament what they perceive as the show's decline. It's not a sentiment I agree with, but it reached the point where the show itself felt the need to comment on it by lampooning people pining for classic Rick and Morty. So sick of that f***ing note, what the f*** does it even mean? With seven seasons under its belt and three more to go, reports of the show's death have been greatly exaggerated. I'm dead Rick! And that goes double for people who think the show's going downhill or that it lost something significant because series co-creator Justin Roiland left. Fans had their belief that Roiland was the sole driving creative force challenged and were asked to have faith that the show's creative team would continue to evolve the series moving forward. If anything, season seven can be seen as a sort of rebirth for the show emerging from Roiland's shadow. Season seven took place after his formal departure with Ian Cardoni and Harry Belden stepping in to play Rick and Morty respectively. And anyone who watched Unmort Rickon knows that they've both proven themselves worthy of carrying on the mantle. And like Viking warriors in Valhalla, the creative team behind Rick and Morty fights in the trenches each and every week in a never-ending cycle as they battle the comment section and skepticism to try and say something meaningful in between all the dick jokes. And if one episode like last week's Rise of the Numericons doesn't land, they lift their pens and their swords and do it all over again next time. Look at this, he's f***ing giving notes. And look, honestly, I don't know where exactly I was going with that particular metaphor. I've just been very impressed with this season overall, and I feel excited about where the show can go from here, which apparently is a world where the Pope is now fighting in underground Pokemon tournaments. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything you need to know about Rick and Morty Season 7, Episode 9. We'll be back next week for a finale breakdown, but in the meantime, you can catch up on all of our previous Rick and Morty videos wherever fine Nerdist content is served. For now, though, folks, tell us, what did you think of this episode? Did you spot anything that we missed? I'm going, okay? Ow! Stop throwing things! Ow! Okay, I'm leaving! Get out of here, Juan! Okay. Get!
Let us know in the comments below. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com. Thank you.